Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers get a big win in New Orleans. We'll go after another one tonight without Anthony Davis. That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. Always free, never behind a paywall. Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to participate in the show. Talk to us, talk to each other. 13,000 plus Lakers fans and basketball fans who are part of that community um, who are very excited, I think, Andy, uh, about the results on Tuesday, the first half of a back to back. We'll get into all that. We'll get into Anthony Davis not playing. Uh, tonight in Houston, um, and whether or not that's a good idea. Um, but Andy, before we do that, this show is brought to you by someone, Andy, who? Well, it's brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own franchise? Then this is the game for you. Download the game. Just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code using the promo code locked on all in caps got to be all in caps in the game we'll get to anthony davis and the decision by the lakers to hold him out of tonight's game in houston the second night of back-to-back against a bad rockets team in a game the lakers absolutely positively need to win because they just don't get many opportunities uh to play teams that are quite this bad uh, yeah i didn't realize i didn't realize till today looking at the standings and, and where the laker everything's shaken out Houston has been officially eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> not that I not that I was thinking that they could pull off the miracle of all miracles. Rally I caps. Not, I just not didn't realize that they had mathematically reached that point. Then they've gone fishing. It's gone yeah, fishing then, season. Them, Detroit, and the Spurs, uh Hail fellow, well met. <laughs> all right. So again, 123-108, the final score in New Orleans. The Lakers uh came out and they almost they almost got too big a lead uh, you know the, the, the it was it was too much cushion and they you know a little bit of a disappointing end in terms of how much scrambling the Lakers had to do late to just make sure this thing got salted away but uh, at least in the first half Andy, uh, this was as good a Lakers performance as encouraging a Lakers performance as you are going to see uh, I believe they scored the first 14 points of this game they were up two touchdowns before uh, New Orleans managed to to scratch, as Stu Lance would say on the broadcasts. Um, Anthony Davis was big in the first half. Malik Beasley went seven of ten from three in the first half. The Lakers were just shooting lights. It kind of did to, to, to New Orleans what Portland did to them um, a few weeks ago, uh, right after the break or right after the deadline. Um, this first half got people very excited. Yeah, to put that 14-0 run in perspective uh, to open the game, I, I had noted on Twitter at Cam Brothers, other than a terrible pass that ended up a turnover by Troy Brown, which he immediately got back with a steal, it was basically a flawless start to the game for the Lakers. Um, it, it also helped, too, that New Orleans was both missing some open shots, which I think came back to level things out a bit during the second mm-hmm. half and also they they 
their decision-making, particularly with transition threes, was awful Poor. throughout a lot of the first half. Um, it To put uh, this also in perspective in terms of what they accomplished, this was the the 75-40 halftime score. That was the biggest lead for the Lakers at halftime since 2008. The 13 threes that they hit was a new franchise record for a half. And per Andrew Lopez, who covers the Pelicans for ESPN, it was the biggest halftime deficit in Pelicans franchise history. Like the, the Lakers oh. were just destroying them in this game. Like, and it was it also was, too, I don't, I don't know if yeah. you noticed this, Brian, in the first half, they were as nonstop active on both ends as personally I remember seeing them in several games. And, and this is a team that typically puts out the effort. So I'm not talking about just trying. I'm talking about just constant motion, off-ball motion, defensive activity being all over the place. They were as lively, just pure lively. Yeah, well, I, I think I think there was something, you know, Anthony Davis obviously took, you know, respond like literally took responsibility for Sunday's loss uh, to the Knicks. Whether it was totally fair or not, he put it on his shoulders and said, you know, I am going to do better. Um, and he did. And, you know, the, and the Lakers as a team, I think, were sort of disappointed by the way that that game went. Not that, again, not that they weren't trying, but they weren't sharp. And it was a game that they that if they played you know not even their best game but like a pretty good game they would have won that they would have won on sunday um they, they, you know, it was as poorly as they played and as 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 um loose and just off as they were they still had a chance to win the game so i think they had a lot of hop coming out in this one i think davis set a tone in terms of of Ooh. of attacking and just making it very clear that he was going to make up for Sunday, and everybody fed off that energy. The other thing, though, that I will say about this, and this is, you know, I, I, we touched on this for, you know, a couple minutes, I think, for Monday. It might have been for Monday's show. It might have been the, the, I think it was actually the bonus show we did over the weekend. The D'Angelo Russell effect on the sort of like the mood of this team, it's not just like, you know, the ice water in my veins when he's hitting the shots. By the way, and like everybody's catching on to this. Like, you know, I saw Rui doing it a little bit, Hachimura was doing it. Like, other guys are doing the ice water and the veins thing. And that's kind of fun. And it's cool. It's like like fun togetherness sort of thing. But I would imagine the casuals, if you're just happening by a television, you might think the Lakers have a heroin problem. <laughs> like, everybody's just pointing their, uh, their arms like that and injecting things into their veins. This season's um, been a cry for help for everybody. For kind of, <laughs> you know. But, there, what's really fun about Russell and watching the way that sort of the enthusiasm works is he's getting, he's like dancing around when other guys are taking three pointers. So, you know, Beasley's raining down threes and Russell is bouncing all over the floor like, you know, like a, like a kindergartner. Have, you know, he's just having that much fun. And I think when things are going well, there is a certain energy and a certain infectiousness to that. And the team just feels lighter. And I'm not saying they're always going to play well, and I'm not saying there aren't going to be nights where it just often doesn't, but as a group, the tension with which they take the floor now, partially because they're better, but partially because the mood has changed, is very different. I think that has a legitimate effect on, on how they come out and play games, their ability to sort of bounce back and all that kind of stuff.
when you talk about that exuberance and the and the way D'Angelo Russell plays, and it's you know potentially contagious, or it seems like it is. You know, we we spent a lot of time talking about how Russell Westbrook had been acutely aware, certainly since the halfway point of last year and all of this year, that the team knew this wasn't working out, would prefer to trade him. I'm not looking to rehash that road again. But D'Angelo Russell has spent all of this year knowing that the Timberwolves were not likely to bring him back. He came off a really bad playoffs last year with them. There had been fit issues talked about and examined a lot for him, not just in Minnesota, but also in Golden State, where he was aware, because D'Angelo's a bright guy, and this was well-reported anyway, when the Warriors traded for him, it wasn't so much for him. It was they wanted to maintain that salary slot that eventually became Andrew Wiggins. So it's been a while, probably, since D'Lo has felt truly wanted Mm -hmm. on a team. And, you know, his long-term security and future with the Lakers obviously is not something that is even remotely settled. But this is a team that can use him and his skill set, and he fits very well with LeBron and AD. And financially makes sense. Like, it actually Mm -hmm. kind of behooves the Lakers to find a guy who makes $23.5 million for the next three and a half years, three years or four years. And and sign that guy and put him on the right. Because Russell, it's not like Russell's thirty four years old. No, no. he's he's in his twenties, and yes, he would occupy a salary slot in the same way that even stars now in this league, in some ways, get diluted down to and distilled down to just salary slots. It's the mm-hmm. way the league works. But D'Angelo getting re-signed the way he's playing right now would not simply be about having a oh, God, no, contract no, no, no. No. at the number. It's a fit, and, and, and I'm sure that's exciting to him. And, you know, all things and being equal, he probably never wanted to leave the Lakers in the first place. It's two things happening at once. You have the 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 happiness of a guy who's excited to be here and the, the elephant's out of the room. And, you know, I mean, I, look, I, I, I think Russ tried, at least until the end. Um, but if you have an elephant in the room, Andy, and even if the elephant is like trying to kind of like stay out of the way and he's you know, <laughs> scrunching himself up as small as he can, there's still an elephant in the room. Like the elephant can try as hard as it can to, to not be an inconvenience, but there's an elephant in your room and you're going to notice. Um, let's talk about Anthony Davis because uh, he had to come on in the fourth quarter uh, to preserve this Lakers win uh, and had a lot of people wondering if that was going to impact his uh, ability to play tonight. In Houston, turned out it didn't, which is its own conversation. We'll get to that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, and we are excited about our new partner and the sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed about becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, well, the dream can come true with Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. You can manage every aspect of your team during the season. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the drafts and the ups and downs of a season. And Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free. It's playable offline. You can play it on the go whenever you want, whenever you want to. Locked on Lakers listeners get a 100% free boost 
to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game, go to probasketballgm.com or you know, scan the code, look it up in the app stores. Again, probasketballgm.com and the promo code locked on is in all caps. Start your dynasty today. All right. So um, Anthony Davis. Excellent, as we mentioned, 35 points, 11 of 18 shooting, 17 rebounds. He made the line 13 times, and he made 12 of them, a, a nice uh, bounce back from oh, his, I think, worst by percentage free throw shooting game. Um, I thought I heard Billy Mack say that of his career. You know, He did exactly what he said he was going to do, which is come out and dominate this game. Um, he is playing very well, you know, uh, kind of you know, awkward game Sunday notwithstanding. Um, overall still playing very well moving very fluidly seems there healthy a, there was a moment brian in the third quarter where ad got two lefty baskets in a row mm-hmm. the second one came off his shot getting blocked right back to him and then he put the thing up lefty i was like that is the definition of unstoppable right. where your shot gets blocked and it doesn't matter and then he did the thing where he looked at his at his, at his left yeah he actually you know and, did the yeah. lefty stare down he scored 14 points, I want to say, in the first six minutes of this game. He began five of five. He drew at least two fouls in the first six minutes, one of which was an and one. I mean, you could tell from the minute the, the ball was jumped to start this game, AD was like, I am not effing around. No, um, and which is nice to see. And, yeah. you know, he basically put this game away early. Um, and so we were talking about this, and I'm sure, you know, people on – online all everybody's sort of wondering the same thing like okay ad they held him out of the last back-to-back but like let's just say the lakers can keep this thing around 35 points and he doesn't have to play the fourth quarter and all that maybe he um can play tonight and then you're thinking oh geez the lakers are kind of blowing this just enough that ad has to come back in the game to make sure they don't blow the lead maybe that costs them the ability to play ad now uh, in houston tonight uh, it turns out he was sitting, according to the Lakers and Darvin Ham, he was going to be sitting tonight's game regardless. Um, Darvin made it pretty clear this was the protocol, uh, basically echoing when he sat out the, the was it the Minnesota game? I forget, it was the, the second night of the back-to-back where he sat out and they ended up winning the game anyway. Um, I forgot the opponent and I can't look it up because I can only use my phone. But I... It was it was it was interesting on a couple levels. First, the Lakers are continuing to follow this protocol, even with games running out, even with the Western Conference still incredibly tight. The Lakers are, are playing well; they're staying in that top ten. But you know, two losses in a row probably puts them outside of it again. Um, and it's also interesting, Andy, because the Lakers this time said before, right away. He will not play, as opposed to last time, where they just put him on the injury report. Didn't say that it was a pre predetermined, uh, pre scheduled rest, um, and let everybody think Anthony Davis was hurt for twenty four hours. No, 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 no. It was actually worse than that because before that had happened, Darvin Ham had actually said that the plan moving forward was everybody playing every game. Oh, right, coming out and, of the All Star break. Right. Yeah, so yes. it was even it was even worse than letting people think that he had been hurt. You even had more reason to think something went wrong because Darwin was going against the 
previously expressed plan. Right. Or now, that was, somehow Anthony Davis just was like, eh, guys, I'm not feeling it. You know, I, right, I got exactly. to be perfect to get out on the floor. I mean, I, I, I remember when we did the show off of that, my, my biggest complaint was that I feel like the Lakers in that situation, they let Anthony Davis down. They made yeah. him look bad in this group. Davis wanted to play. Like yes. and I'm sure he wants to play tonight. Like if he you said asked he did him. after the game. He he yeah. made that known that he wanted to play. It, it was interesting. Darvin talked about this as still being an active injury. Like AD is playing pain free, and that was something AD confirmed as well. But that it's an active injury. I guess it is right. not fully healed, but it doesn't hurt. I think is sort right. of how I. That's how right. I interpreted it. And I and I had never thought about it that way before. Cause when I when I initially heard Darwin refer to it as an active injury, I was like, oh, oh my, that that sounds awful. And then took a breath. I'm like, no, actually, that 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 makes sense. Um couple reactions to it. Just the idea that, you know, if if this is the way that it's going to be moving forward, then while it does seem that they don't think AD is going to miss any games that don't involve back to backs, it just hearing it phrased as an active injury, even if it is no big deal, makes it feel like a really effing big deal. It, well, you know, I, I prefer to think of it this way, like an active volcano. <laughs> like, Generally speaking, an active volcano is not a problem, but like, you know, you uh, keep an eye on it. <laughs> right. You, you, you know, you're, the, you're aware. But the other thing, though, and, and you and I had talked about this a couple shows ago, about the idea of adding a either like a G league big man or, you know, signing some street free agent to be a third string center. And my reaction was, I have no issue with them doing it, but I doubt the guy would play. So in that sense, I'm not sure how much it matters, but knowing that they're not going to play AD in back to backs. I forgot about does... that scenario when I, when I was, I, I, I fully admit, cause I, well, I, I had the same thought. Completely well, you, forgot about, well, what if he doesn't play? Well, I think you and I had both been, and maybe this was just wish casting, I think we had both been thinking they'll move past this eventually. Like they, they won't have to keep sitting him on these back-to-backs, especially as these games start becoming more and more important. And I'm not being critical of them for treating AD this way. If it if it has to be this way, it has to be these this way, even with the games this important. But it does raise the question of, so you're fine going with Wenyan Gabriel and Wenyan Gabriel as far yeah, as it, it, Mo Bamba? Or Jared Vanderbilt at center. I mean, you, you're Wenyan and, and a small ball Jared Vanderbilt. Rui. Yeah, Rui. I mean, like, you know, it's the Rockets um, outside of Shengun. You know, they're not a massive team, but I mean, he's a big but player. Shengun's, he's a good he's, player. Who he's a good player. He's big. Center, he could get your center Wenyan Gabriel in foul trouble. Absolutely. Um, Especially since Wenyan often gets in foul trouble anyway. It's, you know, th- this, like I said, was the scenario where like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Like, might be worth having somebody on the roster. I completely forgot about it. I just, I do, I, I think there, there will be fans who don't like this. And you can look at it two ways. The optimistic way is they've won enough games and the schedule is soft enough going forward. And there's enough opportunity that they've put themselves in a position where they can continue to follow their protocol. Um, that I think is one way of looking at it. Other people would say, you know, this is the winnable game. Like you almost be better off finding a, a better team to sit them against and rearranging the schedule and all that kind of stuff. I will say this game, am, this game mattered more 
than the Rockets game. They needed to win this game more than they needed to win the Rockets game. Oh, if you have to pick one of the two, you play New Orleans and you sit against Houston. There's no question. Absolutely. But I'm saying pick, I'm saying like, you know, sit the Phoenix game or, you know, know, the Suns are better even without KD, whatever it might be. A a game you might otherwise lose anyway. We find, you know, um, or there'll be people who say you adjust the protocols because uh, of context. And like, I understand the Lakers are, playing much better and they've put themselves back in the middle of it and you know and all of that stuff but like you got to win the 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 guineas and this is as as much of a gimme as possible i mean according Um, to ad the injury really needs like an extra day in between games to breathe so to speak once you make a decision and we can talk about this after the break i feel like once you make a decision as as a team and your medical staff and your training staff and you lay out a protocol you have to follow it sure because if you don't you are definitionally placing the success of the team over the health of the player and i don't think a franchise should ever do that other people might disagree but let's talk about it next Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA season is in the home stretch, and that makes this the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, and new customers get a no-sweat. First bet up to $1,000, a grand bonus bets back, even if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained or get a little saucy, a little spicy with an exclusive bet like the two-by-three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes would have been a good bet with the Lakers against the Pelicans, I think. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So do not miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, I mean, I get the frustration. I get the the potential, you know, that, that Lakers fans would have for recognizing kind of where they're like, look, hey, guys, like this is a, you know, you have, I think you had the standings in front of you after uh, Tuesday's games. Like how far are they out of six? I they are two games. Be- they are two games out of six. Uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Clippers both are tied with 36 and 33 records for five and six. Then the Timberwolves are currently at seven followed by a three-way tie at 34 and 35 with the Thunder, Mavericks, and Lakers. I do not know all the tiebreakers But the Lakers, and they're a game behind Minnesota, correct? I think that's yes. what it is. So, game behind Minnesota, two behind Clippers and Warriors. So, like, okay, Golden State, we can basically predict their record based on their how many home games and road games they have. Where the Clippers seem maybe to be finally finding something after the terrible start with Westbrook, but you know, you don't know what's going on there, but certainly the seven spot, which is where you want to be in this play in is, 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 is there for the taking. And so, you know, tonight's game, if you lose does real damage to that because you got to make up that win somewhere else against a team that is going to be better than the Rockets because they don't play a team that's worse between now and the end of the year. So those are your only choices. But like I said, I just, especially with a foot injury, especially there is a reason that these teams come up with these protocols 
and they stick with them because that way you are not tempted to make adjustments to do all this stuff. And if you, you know, if you, if you determine something is medically necessary, maybe you're wrong, but I mean, I'm hardly qualified for that, but I think you have to stay. I think you have to as tempting as it might otherwise be. Yeah. And you know, this is, you know, before I move on to Beasley's night and, and the bench, this is essentially the same, same thought process that's going on with LeBron right now and ramping up what he's doing. And, you know, we talked before about how, and I, I think this is 100% true, where the Lakers are in the standings when LeBron could even safely get back on the floor. The decision whether to put him out there or not is going to be determined by where the Lakers are in the standings because it would be silly to do anything otherwise given his age and mileage. But ultimately, what they're doing right now is they are putting LeBron's health and well-being ahead of you know the the immediate urgency of the plan which yep. as you said they have to do we was it tuesday show monday show monday show we, we did a lot about on, on beasley both oh yeah um you've been in a, a quite a slump um and we sort of wondered i wonder what it would look like andy with the lakers offense if malik beasley just went on a heater like just like what does it look like if malik beasley is awesome we found out the lakers put up 75 points in the first half that's what happens when malik beasley um goes off and if there was ever a dude who needed to see the ball go through the net a few times it was malik beasley oh my goodness oh man he was he was just cooking and he would have back-to-back threes catch and shoot threes he had at least one I remember off the top of my head that he created for himself off the dribble. And you could just feel for him because I, I think he hit his first either two or three. He looked like a guy who just had the weight of the entire world removed off his yep. shoulders because you know I, I laid out those numbers progressively from the last 10 to the last eight to the last four games he was playing. The slump was getting worse. Mm-hmm. And for a guy like him that his, you know, it's not just his bread and butter is three-point shooting. It's the whole damn meal. Like, he knows what it means for him as a player to not be hitting those three-point shots because yeah. he's out there to take them at volume. And it, as much as the gravity matters, it does shift the defense even somewhat if he's not hitting them. Well, this is the... The percentage also matters. It's like, you know, it, it doesn't become irrelevant. Um, and then you look, Andy, at the bench, you know, like Austin Reeves, you know, he had that slump kind of in the middle of the year um, when it, with the hamstring and it wasn't quite healthy and he came. He has really, I think, established himself at this point as uh, about as reliable a bench presence as you're going to find. Like, you know, there might be players who are better than this, but in terms of just predictability, reliability, fit, all that stuff, the ability to give you on most nights exactly what you need in that particular night, a little bit of scoring, a little bit of distribution. Um, the three-point shot has sustained itself throughout the year in ways that we talked you know, in, in October about like what, what the difference between 33% Reeves and 38% Reeves is. Um, yeah, he, he's really become quite solid. And now you have Schroeder slotted on the bench. And, you know, when Gabriel played quite well, um, Hachimura had a nice game. He's sort of coming back into form a little bit. It does feel like even shorthanded still, the Lakers have this sort of 
relatively predictable depth in ways that they haven't since they won a title. Yeah, until LeBron gets back and until Bamba is healthy, the bench is going to be, for the foreseeable future, Schroeder, Reeves, Gabriel, and Rui. And what it seems like over the last couple weeks has been consistent is three out of the four will play well. Like maybe they don't explode, but they will play well. And in this game, Schroeder had an off night, but Rui and Reeves both played really well. I thought Wendy Gabriel was terrific. In just 14 minutes, six points, eight rebounds, five on the offensive glass. If three of your four bench players regularly go out and do their job, you know, some nights better than their job, but for the most part, just do the job. That is a legitimate playoff rotation, assuming your starters do their part. And then eventually, you know, it remains to be seen exactly where Mobamba fits into all this because, you know, when he is eventually available, assuming the Lakers are in the playoff mix, I don't know exactly what happens just because the coaching staff is so unfamiliar with and he him. He's has played, played so month. little. He has right. played a month, like all of it. But, yeah. but eventually LeBron comes back. Troy Brown, I'm assuming, goes back to the bench. Then all of a sudden you're talking about a, a rotation of 10 where on most nights I think Darwin will feel like you know he can trust seven to nine guys, maybe 10 if everything's popping, but seven to nine guys in the playoffs – most coaches say, I'll take that. Yeah, like that, and it, that's good and everybody, enough. everybody has a lane. And everybody, mm-hmm. I think, is is understands what the lane is. You know, Brown, that's I think what he's really excelled at this year is 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 they finally kind of found him a niche and staying in it. Like he really stays in his lane. He had a nice game tonight as he well. He did. Um, just doing good basketball things. And you know, like when you go back to Sunday's game, the bench was fine. Bench wasn't a problem on Sunday. It was the, you know, it was Beasley, uh, Brown, and Vanderbilt. Yeah. He just gave them nothing in the starting lineup. Um, and so, you know, you look at that stuff and yeah, they're role players. And I don't, th- I don't mean to say this, that they're all stars, that they're all six men of the year candidates and all that. But they're role players and they're going to have nights when they're better or worse. But as far as role players go, what coaches really want, you alluded to it, is, is enough predictability that you feel like you can rely on them to, again, stay in that lane to stick to a game plan to fill the role that they're supposed to play and then as a coach you can you can work with oh, this guy's having a tough night the shot's not falling you know all that's all stuff you can work around it's when somebody's completely off script and you can't find you can't figure out what they're doing mm-hmm. that coaches uh really run the problems i mean they lakers fans have every reason to feel optimistic about this team you know and uh you know derek fisher was was talking about it after the game, like you know, that just the 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 depth that they have, you know, is is legit. I mean, it, it, they are a legitimate team. And if you know, again, that seven spot, you play a a, a two. You know, assuming it's not Kevin Durant and the uh, Phoenix Suns, and you know the, what that theoretically ought to be, it's all winnable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last point I would make with when you were talking about the role players and consistency and, and predictability, other than Schroeder, who there's just a certain amount of chaos that's inherent to his game, and often it's a good chaos, Rui, Reeves, Gabriel, and eventually Troy Brown, these are all guys that play with just a lot of predictability, period. Like, regardless of whatever you think their upside is, explosive potential, whatever, 
they're all guys that pretty much do the same thing every night. There's not a lot of like, the hell is that guy doing? But, and even Schroeder, like you talk about the sort of the, the chaotic nature of Schroeder's game and it's, it's an, it's, it's an energy and it's, it's a different thing. There's no question, but it's the same thing every game. It's not like sure. it's it's not like it's different on different nights. He's playing the same way night to night. You know, so even that is predictable and you understand what it's going to be and how it fits in. So um, anyway, we'll see what happens on on uh, Wednesday night. The Lakers, no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James, uh, no Mo Bamba, but which is important just because, you know, no size. But um, they really should win this game. Um, I'm not saying they 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 won't. You know, young teams like the Rockets, they have a lot of, you know, good, explosive basketball talent, but they're not a good team. And so if you're a team like the Lakers and you've got veterans, and you, go handle your business in this one. Come back, play Friday, and see what happens. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. Uh, we will see everybody after the game on Wednesday. Thanks.